Hey, you looking for new podcast merch? Always. We've got some, Matt. We have got shirts. Do we have shirts? Oh, I'm looking at one right now that says homophilia. Oh, God, is it good? I love to wear it to the gym. Yeah. I love to wear it for workouts, weekends, and everything in between. Absolutely. If you want your own or swag from any of your other favorite Earwolf podcasts, head on over to Podswag. Pick it up. We got uh, sizes from small to triple XL. Yes, and Podswag offers a wide range of items. Hoodies, pins, books, decals, mugs, posters, accessories, and more. Courtesy of all your favorite podcasts. Mm-hmm. Start shopping today. Podswag.com slash homo. That's podswag.com slash homo. Dave, 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 Dave. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm, uh, I mean, I'm not great. Oh. Uh, I'm still recovering from last week's drag race. Okay. As you know, and I'm good, this is going to be a spoiler. I can't imagine if you care about drag race that you're two weeks behind, which you'd have to be for this to be a spoiler, but our beloved Nina West has gone home. I don't understand how that's possible. It was just one of those things where there were a, there were a, a few different um, like kind of mediocre you know performances and 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 hers I don't even think was one of them but um it's just it's it, it is a, a a gross injustice that Nina West has gone is is a not in the top three and B has gone home before Evie Oddly and I hate to say it but Vanjie mm. some really. Not strong contenders, but the good news is we are going to be talking to Nina West. Yes, we are. In person. Yes, we are. IRL uh, at DragCon. That is right. It is Memorial Day weekend in Los Angeles, California. Get yourself a ticket. Come on out. We're going to be there Sunday morning, 1130 a.m., the very best time for drag. Of course. And uh, and we're going to be talking with Nina West and a live studio audience. That's right. It's Sunday, May 26th, 1130 a.m., but come for the uh, whole weekend. Yeah. It is It is really something. It is – I had never been until we went last year. Yep. It is incomprehensibly huge. It's true. It's You can't take it all in with, with the eye. There's too much, and I we wanted to walk the floor, but after walking the floor a little bit, I was like, I either need to get out now or I'll be here for the rest of the day. Yeah. And so I did one quick, I think, Kennedy Davenport drive-by ah, to, ah, get, see. to do a photo with her yeah. and meet her. But uh, yeah, come on down. Your wig will be snatched even oh. if you aren't wearing one. They'll make you one. They'll put it on you, and they'll snatch right. it away. I uh, I was uh, entranced by the uh, the drag children. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of uh, eight and nine-year-olds in full drag uh, doing death drops, doing fierce runway looks, doing uh, just getting it out there. That's one of the cutest parts is that even kids in drag, kids not in drag, it has become a – it's a family-friendly event that people – it sounds like we're doing an ad for this, but we're just – I mean, this is all the truth. I mean, Jamie Denbo, a friend of the show, uh, said she'll be there, that her kids love uh, Drag Race. I said, come on down. I love it. I love it. It's a family-friendly affair, and you never know who you might bump into. That's right. Um, Speaking of Jamie Denbo, I do want to just give a shout-out to the show American Princess, which she created. Yes. Executive produced by Genji Cohen. 
and uh, a few of my friends rode on it. Uh, more importantly, my best friend Aaron Pineda is in, I think, all but one episode. Oh, that's great. So this is sort of this gig was a huge, you know, get for her and she loved doing it so much. And I mean, Rory O'Malley is in it. Get out. Uh, a bunch of other people that we both know probably. But um, June 2nd, Lifetime. It's going to be great. It's a, you know, scripted show about mm-hmm. a young lady who um, runs away and joins the Renaissance Festival. I love this. I love it. I love Jamie Denbo. I love John Ross Bowie. I love this whole family. Yeah. Congratulations. American Princess, June 2nd, Lifetime. So those are all the, the non-ad ads yeah. I think, that we have for today. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, let's see. What what else is happening in, in the world? Um, once again, for the second goddamn year in a row, uh, the woman who was the Bachelorette sent the hottest one home. Is that true? You know, I'm not in the Bachelorette universe, so you, it's, you gotta walk me through. I'm barely in, mm-hmm. but but they lose me because they introduce me to somebody beautiful and charming, and then and then they they pull him away. I'm seeing the picture of him, and I guess I see it. The picture's okay. Why? I'm talking Chasen, oh, the Jason, uh, yeah. the other, not, not Jason, and not and not Chasten. Oh, Chasten, not to be but confused. But Chasen. Uh, who was the other pilot. There were two pilots. Uh, Chasen is a commercial pilot. Uh, The other one, whose name I don't remember, was like a private plane pilot. But he wore his little uniform. uh, Chasen did not. That might have been a tactical error. She was like, A, you don't wear a uniform. B, you're going to be broke. Yeah. Peter Peter was the other one. And he's handsome as well. And I think that she made the wrong decision. Oh, she absolutely made the wrong decision. What was her reasoning? Uh, I don't know because I had fallen asleep by then and I looked it up online the next right. day. The The first episode of a, either of these is uh, stupid and ridiculous um, because, you know, they come in and there's, you know, uh, there was a guy named Matt Donald and he said, old Matt Donald has a farm. Will you give me a rose or something like that? Oh, so, yeah. like, you got to do a big dumb entrance. Some guy, uh, you know, oh, there was the box king. They really tried to recapture lightning in a bottle like they had last year with grocery store Joe. Oh, sure. There was a guy who, uh, another Chicago guy whose family owns a box factory. So he came in a box oh. and he was like, I'm in a box. Ugh. You want a box? I have all kinds of boxes. He was really annoying. They got, she got rid of him too, so that's good. Good. Uh, but then there was Chasen, who was absolutely beautiful, and I'll miss him. And, does uh, she get to smooch in these guys pretty early on? Or left they, and right. Oh, she does. Okay. Immediately. But no sex that, that we acknowledge. I'm assuming as far as we know. ABC wouldn't want their um, bachelorette to seem non-virginal, I'm assuming. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Although, oh, God. The, you know, what's weird, the only talk of virginity has come from last season's Bachelor, who was Colton, who was famously a virgin and may or may right. not be anymore. He stopped talking about it. They, they brought it up a hundred times every single episode. Every single one of them has a gay porn name. Colton, Jason. That's just the way the world's going now. That's true. That's what, yeah, that's the way people are naming their kids. Hunter! Jason! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's rough. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm furious at her. Uh, what else has oh, happened? Another thing you need to talk me through yes. is Eurovision. Eurovision is, uh, is, is blasting off. Uh, as we record this, the first semifinal is happening right now in Tel Aviv. Um, and so, okay, so there are two semifinals of 16 countries. Um, and then from each of those, I believe 10 songs and 10 countries will be chosen to move on to the final, which is yeah. Saturday. Starts at around noon. It's live. It doesn't seem to be streaming anywhere in the U.S. because Logo lost the deal and nobody nobody went for it. And it's still geo-blocked in the U.S. So I am watching a pirated Swedish <laughs> live stream. 
Wow. Um, so it's in uh, it's in Tel Aviv. I saw a few from the first semifinal so far. My favorite is the Czech Republic. They're a, a young band called Lake Malawi. Mm. Uh, they have kind of 1988 styling. You know, they they're right. like a young Jonas Brothers y kind of a situation, but like dressed a little like the boys in Swing Out Sister, if you remember. I sure don't. Uh, well, <laughs> okay, you'll know it when you see it. You're painting a picture. Uh, I enjoyed them, and then the rest of it is just insanity. Oh, uh, Dana has provided. Oh, great! The visual aid. There they are. There they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like they're a little uh, Madewell catalog. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, there. It's uh, so it, it is. Um, it is a, a a full festival of ridiculous pop songs with one, like there'll be like somebody will throw you a curve and do like a hard rock song every now and then Finland will just have some like crazy death metal in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically it's just like really flashy pop music and the lyrics are in English and English is almost never the first language of the lyricist. So it doesn't make any sense at all, Great. but it's absolutely outstanding to watch. This year's in Tel Aviv. So the, the host's English will be better. Okay. Usually, like, you know, a couple of years ago, it was in Azerbaijan. So, you know, often it's in Sweden because Sweden often wins. Um, and it's and people just put the, the emphasis on the wrong words. And it's just absolutely, it's delightful. Why is, isn't it supposed to start airing in the U.S.? Or did I Well, it up? did. It did for a few years on Logo. It did for, I think, three years on Logo. But, I mean, isn't it supposed to be coming back? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody has any plans to pick it up. Well, so wake I'm, up. I'm, yeah. I'm starting my fucking, I, I, my campaign to get some U.S. network to pick it up began like three weeks ago. Turns mm-hmm. out that's a little too late for a, a live event of that magnitude. Always next year. There's always next year. There is always next year. By the way, I haven't asked you, speaking of, um, wild pop music, where are you with the new Madonna? Have we just talked about this? Um, I like it. I, we haven't we really do. talked about it. Yeah, no, I like it a lot. Do you, are you, we're talking, you're talking about one, two, cha-cha-cha. I'm talking about, well, uh, yeah. I there's know. a there's a couple more that have come out. Well, I've heard like, I Rise and I like I Rise also. Do. You do not? I don't love it. I, you know, look, here's the thing. I will always love Madonna as a, as an artist and everything that she has given us historically, but I don't, I, 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 I need to push back a little bit on this thing that happens where we're not allowed to speak ill, where we have to pretend that everything she does is brilliant, yeah. which I th- happens in our circles, I think, especially. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's brilliant, it's not brilliant, but I like it. I like it. Go ahead. This is a safe space for you, Matt. Uh, that's all I have to say. Really? I already regret it, and I'm going to ask for a lot of shit. Are you pulling this they back? They all come after me. For fear of bullying? Look, maybe maybe we're on the verge of booking her as a guest, and we she's going to hear this aren't. because she listens every week, and then she's going to change her mind. She doesn't. You don't think? I don't think. Mm. I don't think. Mm. Uh, but I think she can take it. I think she can take a mild rebuke from well, a co-host that's, of that's a podcast. Big, that's as much as the rebuke is going to be. I enjoy it. I do think uh, starting it with uh, a snippet of Emma Gonzalez's speech is a little mercenary, but yeah. I think the song is fine. Although, if you ask me to sing any of it right now, I couldn't. One, two, cha-cha-cha? No, I'm talking the I Rise. Oh, one. yeah. No, I got nothing. I know it goes I Rise, but I don't know how the, how the we, thing goes. We have a watershed moment this I'm week. so excited. I'm still starstruck. We recorded this a, a, a little bit ago, and I'm still reeling Yeah, uh, from Andrew Scott. He is, he is dazzling. He is truly uh, a dreamboat, and uh, we had so much fun talking to him. And Now, I— th- this one we could have talked all day. Oh, However, yeah. 
we like the the frame of time that we were able to get studio space we had to be out by a certain time so we had to split so um maybe this will be part be, one of several andrew it will Scott it will be interviews. it will be um I, I say this on the show but i will say it again uh stop what you're doing subscribe to amazon video yep watch all of season two of Fleabag, even if you have not had seen season one, which I had not. I would say go ahead and do both. Okay. The, the, the show as a whole is a masterpiece. It's there. It's six episodes, half an hour each. It will fly by. Yeah. But get it all in. I, I, season two is is truly just stunning. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. And it's all I want to talk about. And now I'm so excited that it's out in the States so that I can actually talk about it. Yeah. And with we my country about it with and women. him. And uh, we have another exciting guest coming up uh, that when we when this episode releases, we will be in the process Mm -hmm. that day, that Mm -hmm. moment Mm -hmm. of interviewing John Cameron Mitchell. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. There's a lot of great stuff coming for you on homophilia Uh, right now. Prepare yourself. Get fasten those pants because they're about to get charmed the fuck off (laughs) by Andrew Scott. Life ain't easy, Matt. Sure isn't. Lord have mercy. A lot of ups, a lot of downs. That's exactly right. If you are in a rough patch, uh, Mm -hmm. if you're going just through the roller coaster of daily life, you need someone who will listen. But according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, LGBTQ folks are three times more likely to experience mental health challenges due to discrimination and social rejection. So talk, talk to somebody. Talkspace provides a support system trained to help members of the LGBTQ community handle their most challenging emotions around issues of gender, sexual identity, orientation. Talkspace is an affordable, convenient way to take care of your mental health, and the day you sign up, you'll be matched with a therapist who's been rigorously vetted and trained to help clients handle a range of challenges. Mm-hmm. And then you can send unlimited messages and hear back from your therapist daily, five days a week. Talkspace has more than 4,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in working with LGBTQ clients. And to match with a therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com slash homophilia. Yeah, make sure to use that code homophilia to get your first week free and show your support for the show. That's your first week of therapy absolutely free when you sign up today at Talkspace.com slash homophilia. We're here with Andrew Scott. Hi, everybody. How are you, Andrew? I am marginally hungover. Yeah? Ooh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm telling you, the, the barmen in this, and women in this um, uh, city. They don't I fuck mean, around. They don't, they don't not fuck around. Where did you go last night? Um, I went to this place called uh, Rosaline's. I don't mm. think that's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great little plug for them there. Yeah. Um, it's uh, on Melrose. And I drank Pisco, I drank 75 um, Pisco Saras. Nice. Were you responsible for this? I was not. He wasn't. I was not. Oh, you not were sure you night. were at Whole Foods? I was at Whole Foods. But we did begin the night with some with some Whispering Angel. <laughs> it's Whispering Angel, <laughs> the old favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, that's how we began. And then we parted, yeah, and then we then we parted company, and mm-hmm. now we 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 returned together again mm-hmm. on a beautiful Saturday. So, so all as well. Uh, how is your LA experience uh, treating you? It's so great. Far? You know, um, I hear I'm here um, mostly to uh, promote Fleabag, which is uh, this uh, show that uh, we've done on um, 
uh, for Amazon that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Yep. So um, yeah, I'm doing a bit of that. And uh, when just, this when this comes out, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. It'll either be just before or just after. Just the after. show is released. Probably just, just after. after. So our our listeners will have had a chance to see it. Oh great! Oh, if good. you, I'm talking to the listener now. If you haven't, hit pause. Watch the yeah. entire second season. It's six half-hour episodes. Yeah. It's very easy. It goes down very easy. Mm-hmm. It is truly the best thing I've seen in years. I watched them in one sitting at my kitchen counter in my robe. Finished yesterday morning, <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> yeah. I'm still, I'm shook. I'm yeah, shook. It's I'm rattled. I'm rolled. By, I, don't, I won't give anything away for anybody who hasn't seen, but I feel... Like, I feel emotional having you here. I feel <laughs> angry with you, yeah, but also you. happy to see you. Yeah. But we've been through a lot. Yeah, yeah. We, we have. I know. It's kind of extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, she packs an unbelievable amount of stuff into 25 minutes. I mean, yeah. she really, really does. It is. It, you're, it's funny and heartbreaking at the same, yeah. in the same moment. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, I'm really it's excited. Really I'm really excited. I think uh, it's, um, I think you guys had it over the first series uh, over here, but this series is sort of extraordinary. Um, kind of unusually, I think it's even more extraordinary in the second series it than it was in the, 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 the first. Agreed. Um, that's quite weird because I absolutely hate watching anything that I've done. In fact, most of the time I don't even watch it. Really? But this, I just, um, you know, my friends are just like, what is wrong with you? Because I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it with you. I've seen it like four times. It's because it's incredible. so, it's so, um, so good. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's been a great pleasure because um, you don't have to, you know, bullshit about this thing that you have to promote. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's also, I, oh, hold on. I have to text John now and tell him that Josue is at the Denny's. <laughs> yeah. John Butler, friend of the show, <laughs> not it. to brag, um, yeah. disrupted our interview yes, because he needed Dave to call him a lift. Yeah. We got it. Uh, what else are you watching right now? What that you're not in that you're, uh, uh, are you watching? What am I watching? Um, what did I watch on the plane? I watched, uh, oh, Succession. Oh. Yeah. How far into it are you? I'm on like episode five. I love it. Yeah. Matthew McFadden. It's just so brilliant. The guy who bullies down, you know, the white, the husband of yeah, Sarah yeah, yeah. Smart. Uh-huh. What a great character that is. Yeah. Um, I'm watching that. And then I watched um, four episodes of Judge Judy. Really? Mm. Do you get that in Ireland? Or you actually don't live in Ireland? You live I live in London. I, they do get in Ireland. Yeah, they play it constantly. Mm-hmm. I absolutely adore Judge Judy. We talk about her a surprising amount. Do yeah, really? She comes up a lot. Why is it? I think it's because she appeals to people's sense of, um, like, lack of sort of being woke. She's the opposite of being woke, isn't she? She's that just, like, be. speaking some truth. She's like, just shut up. Yeah. I'm speaking. <laughs> you know, something so pleasing about it. Isn't I it? mean, I, I feel like we're just so starved for like any true justice. Yeah, take I think it that's really true. It. I yeah. think that's really true. You have a sense of yes, that's right, good, uh-huh. and it's all over in ten minutes. <laughs> and it's always about someone's vehicle, right? Hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's always about you. So what? How long did you have that? And then she gets out that book that we don't. I don't. I never, never know what it is. It's a book that you guys have, which is like a ve- vehicle to, to, to see how much of the vehicles. Oh, the blue book. Oh, Kelly the blue, blue book. book. Yeah. 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 I was like, what is that? Yeah. What is she doing? Yeah. And then she's like, and then it's always worth like the car is always worth like one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, I, I used to get obsessed with it when I'm when I was sort of rehearsing a play, or whatever, because you want something that's sort of mindless, but not. Um, I love her. Isn't she the richest person in America? She is yeah, the wealthiest person on television. Is she really? She really is. I wonder what she spends her money on. 
I think she saves. I feel like she saves. <laughs> now there you? is legendarily a uh, like a a group uh, of ladies that have lunch together once a month. That is Barbara Walters, Judge Judy, mm. uh, Joan Rivers when she was alive. Mm. And there's somebody else. Wow. There, there is or was a fourth. Wow. And, who are just the wealthiest people in the world. I wonder where they go. Right? Like, I wonder what, like, they're not, they're not going to, they're not going to cook, are they? Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. no. And also, um, Bird must be pretty wealthy, right? I don't know who Bird is. Her assistant, the security guy. Oh, the uh, the bailiff? (laughs) The bailiff. Uh I haven't watched in years. Is the bailiff always the same He's the guy guy? who sort of raises his eyebrows and sort of nods, and then he escorts people out when, um, you know, (laughs) she wants him to. But, like, I mean, he must be incredibly rich as well. Right? I mean, he's probably doing pretty well. He's probably doing better than you would imagine. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, because he must have got, have, I don't know, like an appearance fee for all those things. Yeah. I and know. I bet he does like autograph fairs and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to meet him. <laughs> I love that. What what um, What's on in the UK that we don't know about here in the States? There's a thing called Dairy Girls. Have you heard of it? Oh, yeah, we do. It's on Netflix here, I think. Oh, is it on Netflix? Yeah, it's really, really good. They've just started the second series. And it's like a group of um, six kind of Northern Ireland girls. And Dairy is a place in Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And it's really brilliant. Um, uh, that's the thing that is pretty exciting. I think it would translate over here. Are you uh, are you craving less wokeness in your pop culture? Yeah, you are. Yeah, I think that's the thing that I find really pleasing about working on something like Fleabag. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I find it a little. Um, uh, the person that I find um, really exciting is Esther Perel. You know Esther Perel? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Oh, she's incredible. She's an, an actual inc- gasp from producer. <laughs> Maybe I do. I don't know. She's this uh, Belgian uh, sort of relationship expert. Oh, no, she's she's, know she's incredible. She, I'll send you. I'll send you links to. She did these two TED talks, and um, uh, it's about sort of desire in long term relationships. It's about um, infidelity. She sort of talks about, but she talks about the um, sexual imagination not being politically correct. But she's very, very. Um, what's the word? Uh, compassionate as well as being like on it um, and so I think it's a real she, she just talk, talks really brilliantly about sex and uh, vulnerability and power and dominance and submission and all that kind of stuff she really mm-hmm. genuinely her her basic premise is that we have two two um, needs in life which is a need for security and predictability and compatibility but also that we have a human need for transgression and autonomy and adventure and those things sort of merge in uh long-term relationships sometimes and that uh that what we will what we would accept in, what we wouldn't accept in sort of emotionally or psychologically with our partners uh, which has to be 50-50, that sort of physically, that actually being submissive or, or dominant or whatever, is just, it's, just, it's just much more lawless. And if you can sort of try not merge those things. She's just incredibly um, uh, intelligent about how you keep that sort of stuff alive and desire being what you want and love being what, what you have. It's incredible. She's a really brilliant, brilliant. Um, She's amazing. She has a podcast called she, yes, Where, Do, Where we Do We Begin? Begin. Mm-hmm. And it's just full couples therapy sessions. That yeah, they're incredibly moving. 
Yeah, I, 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 I over-listened to them <laughs> on a sun holiday last year. I was like, why am I boiling? All the sun cream was going down my face. I was like, I think I need to start listening to like seven really, really devastated I, couples. I'm imagining long silver hair. No, she's kind of foxy. She's really, yeah. she's kind of sexy. She's got, she's got like an angular um, kind of haircut. She's really, really attractive. She's a great person. I really recommend her. Okay. She's really, Dana's producing. Really oh, oh, there wow. she is. No, she looks oh, yeah. like uh, oh, Katie yeah. Couric, sort of. She does a bit. Yeah, she's 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 amazing. And I actually think she's a hero. I think I just think you need we need I think we need um people like her in the world now. Yeah. Who speak honestly and uh you know, it's just an incredible amount of experience and and uh and an awful lot of work. She's just she hasn't just she isn't just coming out with all these platitudes. Um so yeah, I, I um in response to that sort of idea of, I don't know, we had um, uh, with Fleabag, there was a lot of discussions in London when it came out about um, the the idea of um, um, power and agency and all that kind of stuff in relation to the, our mm-hmm. two characters. This may, may, makes sense sort of when you see it, and uh, I just think it's really important that those that those those particularly on television, you know, that we see um, flawed people. It's flawed yeah. people, and what we expect from our romantic heroes is like you know they. She, she, uh, Fleabag is a really um, flawed, uh, you know, heroine. You know, she's is that her name? Um, she doesn't have a name. Well, in the show. so so the only person who has a name in the show is her sister, is Claire. Claire, her sister. Right. Yeah. So yeah, my character is called Priest, and Olivia yeah. Coleman's like Godmother. Yeah. It's that really weird thing, like of how much you actually need to make drama compelling. If you just distill it all down, you actually don't even need names. Right. You know? I can't believe I. Yeah, Martin yeah, has I a name. Claire and Martin have. Oh, Martin. Not Martin has and, a name. Yeah. yeah, Martin. Yeah, and yeah, Claire. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's so weird, and I don't think that's like a. I don't think it's necessarily thought out. And, well, I mean, it's thought out, but I don't think it's like... She doesn't shine a light on it like this character doesn't have a name. No, no absolutely. No, yeah. no, absolutely. After three episodes, I was like, I don't, yeah. I don't think she has a name. Yeah, it's true. Oh, wow. yeah. I never remember characters' names right. that I've played. Yeah. I don't remember anything. <laughs> I mean, maybe Hamlet. But I mean, that's just because it's a famous name. Sure. <laughs> so you play, uh, I, I mean, what can only be described as a cool priest. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And yeah. A priest uh, who swears and yeah. drinks. I should tell you, um, uh, uh, gin and tonic in the can sales are up yes. how many percent? 20, 20, 20, I'll, I'll tell you these unbelievable facts. 25% um, uh, is gin and tonic in a can from Marks Expensive went up their, their sales. After this started airing After in the this UK? started airing. Because you you offer her G&Ts in a can. Yeah, yeah in the show. In the show. Um, and the la- latest one I've heard is that religious pornography is up by 125%, wow. right? That is a legacy, huh? 125%. Wow. Yeah, because it's sort of, there's, we've got this amazing chemistry. And uh, I just think, I think, I think that just does, does it for people. Yeah. I, you know, the dog collar does it. I mean, I don't get it, but like. Um, Have you, you never been attracted to a priest? Oh, God, no. Really? No, we had terrible, terrible old kind of homophobic, bad breath priests. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to think whether any hot priests. Nope. Wow. <laughs> did there you were, ever have a priest? I did, yeah. 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 A monk crush. A monk yeah. crush? Yeah. I was taught by monks from 7th to 12th grade. Were you? Yeah. And the guy, the the priest who, the monk, who was in charge of our 7th grade class was young and very handsome and wow. very gentle. 
Oh yeah, that's hot. And yeah. so was he? Was he? Um, did he wear? Was he wearing brown? Uh, black. <laughs> brown. Yeah, there was no the no yeah, shaving. He didn't have like didn't what, have what's thing. that Derek Jacobi thing that he was in? Right. Um, uh, you probably didn't get a cut file. That's what I'm thinking of. This. He, by the way, left the uh, the monastery, got married, had a kid, got divorced, and is now out of the closet. Of course. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a whole thing. How do you know? Because uh, his brother is a friend of mine. Oh, right. Yeah, his brother was in my class. You know, I have no idea. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. You haven't connected with him on Facebook or anything? No, I haven't. I don't know if he's on any of those things. I mean, we didn't have like... Nothing happened. He was just like a kind of So what, I, what, I, what age are you then? I was 12. Mm, right. And he probably would have been 26. Right. Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah. Okay, so he, he could still have it going on. He could. <laughs> he really could. Yes, well, so many, so many uh, people going into the priesthood is about, I think, avoiding your sexuality. Oh, of course it is. Like so much of it in Ireland, you just think, oh my God, you're so gay. Yeah. Yeah, in America as well. You just think it's a because it's a respectable way of not being able to, you know, you don't have to talk about it and you go, oh, well, this is the reason that I, yeah. don't, I, I get to not have sex. It's so, so sad. There, um, there was a, also at my old high school, uh, the, I guess the guy who took Brother Andrew's spot, or, I mean, whatever, this is now 30 years later, but the guy who was in charge of the seventh grade class for the last few years uh, was let go because inappropriate images were found on his laptop. Oh. So of course, and that's that was the school saying that inappropriate images were found, and they and they they uh, fired him. So the mind, of course, it, the mind goes where it goes, yeah. right? Yeah. It was just it was just kind of regular vanilla gay porn, right? You know, mm. which Jesus. yeah, you know, it, it, why hang the guy out to dry yeah, like that? Right, make right, him look yeah. like a pedophile? Like he's ju- it's just regular. And he wasn't even stuff. looking at like um a religious pornography. No, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's shocking. It is. Another monk from my old high school uh, just got fired for peeping on a uh, on a lady teacher. What's peeping like? Just like hanging out in the bushes and looking through the bedroom window. Uh, Oh my word! Yeah. What? Yeah. We got to let priests like engage with their sexuality. We just have to. That's the thing. That is the thing. That's the thing. I really believe. I just don't think you can desexualize any human being. You can't can't do it. You can't. I feel really. I just everybody has a relationship with sex. Even if you you know call yourself asexual, you have a there's, you have a relationship or an attitude towards sex. And what the terrible thing in Catholic Ireland was that that you just couldn't talk about it at all. You just couldn't talk about it. It just didn't exist. They called it actually rather beautifully fraternizing under the stars. Hmm. Uh, the idea that uh, after the dance. Um, They'd be like, there would be no fraternizing under the stars. It just sounds so romantic and great, doesn't yeah. it? It's all Fraternize. I want to do. It's all you want to do is fraternize under the stars. Um, but yeah, oh God. Well, of course, when I was growing up, every you, my dad used to give me a lift into into to school in the mornings, and uh, every single day there would be stories, horrendous stories about abuse in the Catholic Church and you know infidelity and like. So for my generation, there was literally. No, there's just no faith, and people just—I I really think, yeah. and like in Ireland, the um, the uh, referendum it just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's collapsed. It's collapsed in in Ireland. It certainly, or it certainly doesn't have the strong stranglehold on on people's imaginations like it used to. Uh, are your parents still religious? Yeah, my parents are still religious. Yeah, but you know, I do think, I do think, um having gayness in the family has been the best thing um, for our family. I really, really do think that. I feel like it, 
it it allows us allows us to have um relationship um as adults and for them to learn something really new um because you know the the there was so much fear-mongering going on all the stuff you read in the tabloids and all that and uh my dad rather beautifully said uh to me uh he said it all changes and he said it all changes in the blink of an eye is what he said that's such a beautiful thing to say because uh and I hope they forgive themselves. Not that I don't think they would have been outwardly homophobic, but they would have been certainly um, suspicious. Um, and he says, you know, it all changes when it's somebody, as they say, prejudice doesn't survive proximity. Mm-hmm. If somebody is near you, you go, oh, well, you get to find out. And uh, so no, it's been an amazing thing for our family, really. How have they engaged with, with the the scandal in the church? Do they, do they talk about it? I think they're very... Um, uh, dis distressed and uh, about it. Uh, I don't know. It's a place to go, isn't it? It's a, you know, for so many people, that's what when we were making Fleabag, that's what we kind of wanted to talk about is about because there are never storylines in 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 about, about priests, Catholic priests, where they're moderate people. Mm-hmm. You know, relatively, it's always a, it's always like, you know, there's what's that film that won the Oscar uh, uh, a couple of years ago that was about priests? Spotlight? Spotlight. You know, they're, they're sort of great film and everything, but like, you know, they're, it's always about really extreme situations. And right. um, you, you sort of get the like pedophile references out of the way up top yeah, in this season. Yeah, exactly. And then it's not, it's never really about that. No. And it also does make a weirdly appealing case for spirituality, for someone like her character someone like me who is an atheist with this like creeping sense of curiosity yeah, about like yeah. a craving for something totally like well there's a gap there's a gap so yeah. how were you brought how were you brought up then uh my parents are atheists but i had a lot of like family friends who were southern baptists super right. conservative sort of scary backwoods religion and i so i dabbled in that a lot by, but by choice, I was never like my family did not yeah. encourage it or care. Um, but at what point did the church no longer have a stranglehold on you? About like two years ago, genuinely. Really? Really? I mean, I rejected it years ago. Yeah. But I, 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 I feel like my a conscious where I just thought I am consciously, I'm not avoiding it. I'm not saying, oh no, no, I, I apologize. I'm consciously putting that down and i'm saying i am not a catholic and like, like i mean for, for yeah. years i haven't been to church since i was 14 or whatever but that it's it's much more insidious than that the idea of guilt and shame and what it, it instills in you and you're mm-hmm. you're like blasting out of what what you what you feel about sex it's why why actually somebody like esther perel was incredibly um helpful to me about understanding that that um sexuality and questions around and discomfort around sexuality is worldwide. Uh, her her um, her her um, TED talk has is seen by was seen like by a phenomenal amount of people just going, yeah, I want to know about that. But anyway, um, so yeah, I'd say it was two or three years ago when I started to go. No, I'm going to put that down because I don't feel angry anymore. Because I think I would have left, or I would have run run away from Ireland when I was 22. Mm. And I think what happens to a lot of young well, what happens with me is that you you become sort of weirdly um, asexual, which I think is a very damaging thing for young gay people. You know, 
you beca- I became sort of like a really good friend, like a hmm. really good guy, really nice person. Um, uh, and that's where I felt my kind of identity was in order to, to, to hide the shame that, oh, well, if they find out that I'm gay, then at least they'll say, but he's, you know, he's so, he's so, he's so nice to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's kind of, I, I think it's really horrible. And, and, and I sort of became quite um, a, a completely chaste, uh, abstemious. I didn't really have a sexual life when I was younger. Um, and that's really sad because I think for, for so many uh, kids, gay, gay people, they don't get to have an adolescence in a sense. Yeah. They, get, they don't get to mess up. Well, then we just do that later in life. We, just do yeah, that later my, in life. My yeah. 20s. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And some people later in their 30s yeah. and stuff. And, sure. Um, so, um, so, so yeah, so that's definitely to do with just putting that aside and going, I, I am, I'm, I, I choose to put that down. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just putting that down because I don't feel angry anymore. Um, but I think it's why I, I de- it's definitely why I left um, Dublin um, to go and, uh, and I sort of threw myself into, you know, work and, and it sort of allowed me a lot of the characters that I feel, I don't, I don't, don't feel any sense of when I'm acting, I feel quite fearless on that front, feel mm. audacious and all those kind of things. Um, and then it's kind of a weird thing then like sort of, I was always out, I was out since I was in my early twenties, but it was very important to me. Um, it was around the time we were making pride actually. And I thought, I don't want to, I, 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 I want to be out. I want to be out. This is about seven years ago now, but, uh, and that was incredibly um, powerful to come to, to do that. So how did you do it? Well, I, I, I spoke to a newspaper and I kind of thought, well, whatever happens today, I am going to come actually right. and ask me about it. So it's like literally like the opposite of what you normally do. I was like, I was going, please ask me. And sorry, but previously to this, you weren't, it It wasn't that you were lying about having a girlfriend. You oh, just, no, 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 omitting no. The, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't talk about my private. I actually still don't talk, talk about it because as I always say, there's a difference between privacy and secrecy. Mm-hmm. So I was never... And I just felt like it was becoming a little bit like, it felt like secretive, which I'm just not as a person. And so I just um, uh, spoke to a journalist and, you know, uh, the world collapsed. Hmm. And then we started (laughs) started to rebuild it. So yeah, it's been cool. And and, and I completely refute any, any suggestion that it's bad for your career. I just don't think that's true in my case. Yeah. Well, in you fact, are. I mean, you have the, the you know religious porn has spiked one hundred and fifty percent over the, a well, heterosexual relationship. Yeah, absolutely, that you're absolutely. In the show. Well, that's why I do find it. I, I, I can't deny that I do find that really thrilling because I think it has wider implications for casting. Yeah, I really do. I think that's great. But I think you need to have examples of it. You, you need to go. Oh, there, I've seen that. There, good. And it's something I've thought for years. You know, at the stage door. Um, uh, it's which is where because I don't do really do much social media like the the where I notice that the the majority of people coming are were sort of teenage young young females and uh, so I was like I don't I just don't think what what's being um, reported in the press is mm. just uh, not true that's just not true the other thing I'd like to speak about is Please. the expression openly gay. I do not 
care for that expression. Hmm. Please and explain. here's why. And here's why. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I feel like, well, it's twofold, really. I question it because it's openly gay. So if I were to say, use that expression in any other, um, I, if you were to say she was, she was openly French kissing her husband in the middle of the christening, she was openly eating a um, really, um, you know, it, it implies defiance of some description. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what I'm that. saying? Yeah. You don't say I'm openly, you're, so you're openly Irish. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. You're open about that. <laughs> and it's not, I have never been described at a party. This is my openly gay friend, Andrew. You'd say, is that person, <laughs> oh, it's, it's something that only exists in the media. Right. Don't you think? You never yeah. Well, yes, but the, but the, uh, the other side of it is that there are people like John Travolta, spoiler for everyone, who's, <laughs> who are, it's, you know, there. it's such, a, it is an, it's an open secret, but he's, the difference is that he's not openly gay. Yeah. Or he, yeah, he doesn't admit to being gay. I sort of get it. But like, if I was in, if I was doing an interview with some, some and they, and they said, so they would never say, so you're, you're closeted. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? You're either just gay or you're not gay. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about the language of it that I go, what, what, what? It, it, it just implies some defiance. It's in defiant, in defiance of something that I don't think is, no, is, 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 is relevant anymore. Just we call me gay. change the phrase to defiantly gay. Defiantly <laughs> so gay. You're defiantly I love that. Gay. Yeah. Well, gay. absolutely. I feel like if, if you did, I think that's that, that, that it's just something that's just, uh, I just have noticed that I've, no one ever says that word apart from, in, I only ever read about it in newspapers or, on, or online, openly gay. So I question it. I just question it. <laughs> I'm, anyway. I'm, I'm with you, I think. I think you've won me over on yeah? that one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, it it made sense ten years ago. It doesn't. Yeah, now. I just feel like it's just it's it's you know he's openly gay, right? He's, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, I mean, but I I think there is a, there is an argument to be made for the power of being out of the closet oh, when yeah. you are a public figure, and that sometimes that is shorthand for that. It, well, exactly, it's, a, it's shorthand a for positive that. Yeah. connotation. Yeah. Uh, um, yes, there is. Yes, I see what you mean. I yeah. do see what you mean. Well, he's gay. Yeah, Does that, and, and, I, and I, yeah. the argument that, like, that I, I think the sort of what what you say about your private life, but is often like taken, used as an excuse for remaining in the closet because it's safer. Still, yeah, for actors especially. Mm. And I believe that if you're a public figure and you have you are not in the care of your parents. You're not a child Mm. and that you uh, are, you know, your safety is not at risk that you have a responsibility to come out. Do you? Yeah. I mean, and we do get a lot of flack for like joking about celebrities who Mm -hmm. we all know are, you know, and, um, but I, I do, I mean, because it's, it, it always comes back to um, like, Knowing someone is the thing that changes people's minds the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a really delicate one, isn't it? I don't. I suppose um, the idea of having a responsibility to do that, or or a sort of foregone conclusion that you have a responsibility, I have a, a little bit of trouble with. Yeah, because I think that negates a sort of the nuance of what that individual's experience might be, and we don't know. So beyond the celebrity, 
there is somebody who is could be struggling with something. But having said that, I do I do think I I I I do see the enormous power of going. There is nothing. There's nothing preventing me in this day and age. And I do think there's there's been a, a sort of sea change even in the last five years. Do you guys agree with that? I do. Oh yeah. And I, when, and I think you are you are part of it. You know this thing that we're we're yeah. joking about with the, yeah. like the but the chemistry that you have with Phoebe and yeah. um and that it is in no way like mutually exclusive from no. your um your outness. No, no, does mean something. I mean, it there does, are very few something. examples of that. Yeah, there are. There are. That's just it. It's the numbers. The numbers are low. They really are. And. uh and yeah, I find it kind of insulting to sort of say, you know, that oh, you wouldn't be able to have that kind of chemistry. Chemistry is just chemistry. Mm-hmm. I, I find it really interesting in casting. I was at a, in a uh, situation recently where um, I had to be at the other end of, uh, like I was already cast and they were they were um, casting uh, someone to play uh, opposite me. And they brought in, uh, to play a gay character. And uh, they were like, Okay, well, we really need to bring in gay gay actors. Um, and I was like, okay, well, bring in some gay actors. And the, 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 by no means do you have more chemistry with somebody because you share the same sexuality. Mm. So the, the the straight actors and the the gay actors, um, it, it doesn't make any difference. It, it gen, it, like it's like, are you able to be convincing for the for the for this this character? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that idea of is it called positive prejudice uh, or positive discrimination, where you mm-hmm. go, well, let's try and I sort of understand that because the the playing field hasn't been level, but I don't, I just don't think we should forget about the the power of uh, transformation in our bid to um, to uh, have equal representation because I think transformation is very important for the survival of what. Um, art really is because I think the idea of when our parents read us a story when we're three and they put on a funny voice of the wolf or whatever and you think oh my god that's incredible it speaks to me an awful lot about empathy and what it is like to be somebody else and if we just concern ourselves with our own sexuality nationality you know whatever our own experience is I think that's really I think that's extremism I really do and um uh yeah it's 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 an interesting one um the pendulum has to swing yeah you know because mm-hmm. nobody could be out for a very long time now i think it it does make sense to want to cast out gay yes, people yeah. in out gay roles yeah. that makes sense but the pendulum yeah. will swing back toward the middle i think yeah i think possibly it will yeah and it's a very different conversation when we're talking about people who are um who are just naturally express in a more like quote unquote effeminate way and don't pass. I mean, this is all such fucked up language that we use, but don't pass in the same way. And what is their place as an actor? And when a straight, you know, when it, when it, when a character like that is played by a straight actor who transforms in a great way, I mean, I understand why it is upsetting. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because there's an awful lot of actors who are so, so, so to speak, masculine mm-hmm. that are able to camp it up. I, you know, I think 
to be able to sort of mask up for someone who's camp for someone who's a bit camp is sometimes that might be a, a challenge for a particular role. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with with, with if the character is it's it's not negative to be masculine. Do you know what right. I'm saying? If if that if if that's what the character re- requires a little bit, I don't I don't see the see the problem. It's just it's just um, it's just judgment, isn't it? Do you think if somebody was to play somebody, if, if you if you then were making a movie of your life, would you want just gay people to be um, uh, playing you? Yes. Right. Yes. Right. I'd want it to be a super hot gay person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or Jennifer Aniston. That's yeah. a different conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a different that's, thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, we should, should take do. a very quick break okay, and yeah. we'll be right back. And we're back with Andrew Scott. Hi. Hi. Andrew, you know this is the part of the show where we would normally pry into your love life <laughs> all the things that you don't want to talk about yeah, yeah. and that's okay yeah, yeah is that all right yeah what well. what will you tell us about <laughs> your current romantic situation or lack thereof uh well uh not a lot okay <laughs> <laughs> i want to know about the early years oh, yeah, the school okay. years the school years right what like at what point did you sense that you were not heterosexual that you were not openly heterosexual well, um, I, I suppose I remember I was, I read the, uh, autobiography of Barbara Streisand when I was 16. It was huge. It was so, um, like powerful, huge or just a big book? No, just a big book. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, yeah, of course it was like, huge. Yeah. Were you all re- Were you a fan? Were you a yeah. Barbara person? But yeah, definitely. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very talented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> it's so I'm funny. I find that so it. extraordinary about... Um, I remember hearing um, uh, uh, Gloria, I Will Survive when mm-hmm. I was about 11 and become becoming... Like, I find that really fascinating. Having had no idea what gay culture, gay anything is, and hearing a song... And going, I love that so much. I can, I can just listen to that for like five days in a row. Yeah. And then finding out genuinely, probably about 10 years later, that that's a gay, I just find it it plays in a gay club and all of the people who grew up exactly having that feeling are together. Yeah. Yeah. That's Isn't that amazing? But but it's just like, what is, what is that? That, I don't know. It's just the the level of consciousness because it's, I didn't relate it to, to being gay or, I just, I don't know. It's just such a. There's I, drama to it. There's emotion. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's dry. It's just great. It's it's great. <laughs> it's <laughs> like uh, it's like with Cher. Yeah. You know the generation, mm-hmm. like my generation, that grew up with the Sunny and Cher show and the yeah. Cher show. Like she was able to be glamorous and colorful in a way that men never were. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. And it's just it's crazy that all around the country, all around the world, there were other little boys like this close to the TV yes. yep. watching that show and living some weird fantasy. Yeah, on their own, separately. All separately. Which is why the kind of gay community when everybody goes, oh my God, I do, I did that. You yeah. Know, so I still find that so, um, I don't know, I find it really moving. I just love that. I, you know, it's, it, it, it is on the wane a little bit, isn't it? In, um, 
you know, in, in the community a little bit where you'd, because I, I, all that stuff, there's nothing more pleasurable than talking about that sort of stuff yeah. with people in the yeah. same room. It's just like the guy, the fact that you guys have, um, uh, you know, RuPaul screening things and, you know, in the act bar or wherever. Mm-hmm. I think we went, didn't we? We did. We went the night. We went the night. The Valentina. <laughs> Valentina. Yeah. Uh, that oh, mask. This, the yeah, mask. She didn't know the words. Yeah, she didn't know the words. Yeah. We were there. Oh, yes, we were. <laughs> we were. And we were with our people. We were with our people. I was so happy that night. It was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. It was so. Um, <laughs> I and I. I wonder what that. Okay, what the the eight year old boys who are watching that right yeah. now. There is no veil. Like yeah. it, it's all it's all gay. Men. Yeah. I was about to say openly gay, but it is. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Defiantly, gay. defiantly <laughs> yeah. loudly gay men and RuPaul, and there's no it, there's no innuendo. There's no you know it's, yeah. it's no it code. is direct. Yeah, and I wonder what that's going to do to that generation. Yeah, I'd imagine the I'd imagine the difference isn't a, a hu- isn't huge in some way. I think it's maybe just not. maybe like do you know what I mean? Like I don't think we've noticed a huge. I don't know, like talking to people who are 25, it, yeah. it isn't really that different. And you go, ah, oh my God, you know what? It is. <laughs> yeah. I think it is. You, you think yeah. it is? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Like to have your adolescence in your adolescence, which a lot of 25-year-olds yeah. have That's had the true. opportunity to have. Yeah. That, I mean, that is, that is different. It's and I think so, they look yeah. at our generation like we're strange. And we are. Yes, of course. They're not yeah. wrong. Yeah, so that when, you, when you're, you're, you're 13, you can sort of... Go yeah, I, I like that. It's so yeah. it's so wonderful. That's just amazing. But I suppose what I mean is, is that the uh, the sort of similarities in experience. I mean, there's the absence. What you know what they say? Like peace is sometimes the absence of war or something. Mm. That you go. Uh, it's just getting rid of all that stuff, um, and I I hope it it makes people more. Um, because I think the, the terribly insidious thing about not coming out is that I think um, you can, um, I think you can be very inward looking. I think it makes a lot of young gay people kind of in, inward looking and maybe a little self-obsessed. So if that is, if that, f- frankly, like that time that you spend thinking about your angst, <laughs> if that's gone, then you can, I think you can just be more outward looking and be like looking to somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I hope. Did you have an angsty time when yeah, you were 16? Really, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I definitely did. Uh, maybe a little later when I was about 20. Yeah. Um, I've, I found a thing uh, last year when I was, um, uh, I had to go through diaries for this kind of thing that I had to sort of present. And I remember it very clearly. Um, and it's something that I say to, to to kind of young fans when I talked to them. I remember writing it down when I was about 20 because it was a phrase that I saw, which was, my burden has become my gift. And I remember writing it down and thinking, wouldn't that be fucking amazing if that ever happened? But that's never going to happen. Yeah. But I remembered seeing the the sort of beauty of this idea that the thing that is burdening, weighing me down could actually be something that I think, oh my God, I got, I got, I got this. And now I absolutely, I mean, if there was a button that you could press... There's no fucking way I'd press it yeah. not to be gay. If you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. There's no way I would. Um, cause I think it's such a brilliant, I feel so grateful for it. And, and so, um, and I started talking about that, you know, at like comic cons and stuff to, 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 um, to young people. And, um, it, it was amazing to see the, um, to see the, uh, the response to that. And, uh, I found it again recently and I thought, wow, that's, 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 
That's amazing. But you know what? Funny talking about that because because you go I go to these kind of conventions, you know, to fan convention or just talking to people when they come to the the shows and stuff. Um, there's still so much um, prejudice worldwide. I mean, not yeah. in London or LA or, but my God. So like doing kind of gay work uh, is imp- feels important because a sort of bootleg copy of Pride fucking helps people. Right. It really does. Yeah, of course it does. And that idea of solidarity and that idea of sneaking in and going, oh my God, somebody, somebody is listening. Somebody is, it's the power of, power of art, isn't it? Um, what was your school like? It was very, it was just, was it, it was single ju- sex? Single sex, yeah. Uh, single sex, uh, Jesuit priests, a very, it was quite an academic school. You had to be kind of a smart boy to get in. You had to do an entrance exam and all that kind of stuff. Um, not that that stopped some of the stupidest people. In the <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, it was good. It was very, um, you know, religious, but quite, um, I wasn't bullied in school. I was allowed, I was really big into art and drama and all that kind of stuff. I didn't play rugby, I gave up rugby when I was 14. So I wasn't bullied, thank God. I think in some other situations, maybe I I could have been. So I kind of liked school. Yeah. Yeah. Were really you the only uh, gay kid? No. There's fucking loads. There's, there's only 30, uh, 60 in our year, and I think there's maybe seven. Yeah. It's quite a lot. Yeah. When did you See, yeah. start to spot each other? Uh, when? Yeah. Uh, not till, like, this would have been, you know, people started to come out when they were like 21, really late, mm-hmm. really late, too fucking late. Sad. But, um, yeah, but there was no one that I thought of, I could have had a had a romance with or anything. Right. But you could have talked Barbara Streisand maybe. Or yeah, well, she, yeah, she's here now. She's waiting in the car. <laughs> <laughs> when was your, like, what was your first romance? My first romance, um, wow! Uh, it was with an actor on a on a on a uh, film set. It was so exciting. I, w- I wouldn't describe it as a romance. I'd call it call it a sort of quick, <laughs> a fling. <laughs> but it was romantic. It was definitely romantic. I couldn't believe that somebody would uh, would get to do this. I couldn't believe it. It was incredibly exciting. It was very um, very beautiful. Yeah. If you, this is not a, this is not me prying into your <laughs> privacy, uh-huh. but if you were a guest on Esther Perel's Where Do We Begin? Yeah. Alone or with someone, whatever it you. is, what do you, what do you think she would want to tackle with you? Oh, it's such a good question. Um, I think... I think the thing that I wouldn't have been able to do when I was young, starting in a young relationship, was to sort of be um, sexually um, uh, knowledgeable, knowledgeable about. I think to know what you like sexually is really, really important. And I think for a lot of people, um, they don't. They, people don't know each other, know themselves sort of sexually about sort of being open. She says this brilliant thing about bring your kinks early in a relationship. I think it's mm. brilliant. Just say it, say it out, because I think what can sometimes happen, particularly, you know, maybe not particularly for gay men, but certainly I think it's in our culture where you can be as experimental as you like with somebody that you don't know that you're never going to see again. Yeah, you know, it's easy to be that, but that actually you separate the idea of if someone that you love someone, you make love to them and that's a romantic thing and that's sort of virtuous. But the idea of being a bit filthy with them 
um, you kind of keep separate. You know what I'm, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like there's some mm-hmm. sort of shame attached to that. And that by the time, because uh, I think early in a relationship, you know, that sustains itself for a while just because of the novelty of the relationship. But then I think then it might become too late to bring that sort of, you become embarrassed or something about not being, or it's just not in the culture of the relationship to be open sort of sexually. And um, I think that's something that I suffered with in the past. I really, really am happy to say that that's just something that I feel um, is completely gone now. And, and, and I, and, you know, experiences that I've had, you know, talking about sort of the, the hookup culture, but, or, you know, like being with people, um, you know, having one night stands or just relationships with people that you know, that don't last, I don't think are necessarily meaningless. You know, mm-hmm. I really don't think that they are necessarily meaningless. I don't like the idea of um, uh, being out of it. And, you know, sex is just something to, um, to really enjoy. Um, and it's amazing to me how many gay men still carry shame about, you know, being the idea of being submissive or all that kind of stuff, you know, I think that can be really, really attractive, you know, or like effeminacy and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. It still really exists. It does. And sometimes I think we, we revert to like, almost like, like a 1950s, uh, hetero husband where it's like, there's the one that you marry and then there's the one that you fuck. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So we, yeah. Exactly. Kind of and that, that those two things have, have to kind of coexist that actually, yeah. That, that you, if you if you go like that's part of the culture of your relationship. That actually, it's playfulness. Playfulness is so it's such a big word in my life, and practically every aspect of my life it is because it's kind of what I do for a living. You play a part, mm-hmm. but playfulness where you go, um, which is what I mean about like her not, you know, saying that sexual Im- imagination is not um, politically correct. That actually go if you go well, we're 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 in a safe place, so let's let's um let's not play safe <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean yeah i andrew scott i could talk to you all day oh, sorry, oh, sorry. please come back yeah anytime oh, i will I the will. defiantly gay andrew scott defiantly yeah. Gay. <laughs> yeah barbara's waiting in the car now <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being here thank you i really enjoyed talking to you guys thanks man lots of love andrew scott andrew scott Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Andrew Scott. Thank you, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Absolutely. By that, I mean Phoebe Waller-Bridge mm-hmm. for creating Fleabag and bringing us this performance. And Jesus show. Christ for inspiring the church, which inspired the hot priest character in season two of Fleabag. All comes back to Jesus. This Absolutely. is a very Jesus-centric show. I think it is. Uh, ben Wise, thank you for the music. Dana Wickens, Jordan, uh, uh, Ryan, Brett, who I believe was our engineer on that one. Mm-hmm. Thank you all. We'll see you next week for John Cameron Mitchell. Bye. 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 Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> 
Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, Jazos. (laughs) Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.